we're in. Okay, going to Brazil next month? No, December? December. Do you yeah. basically just tell your agent, I want to go to Brazil? Let's, <laughs> let's make it work. You like, know, was, who was saying you have to go to Brazil? So I have a lot of amazing Brazilian fans. They've yeah. been incredible since the beginning of my career. And we had, we, we get requests to, I get requests to go out there and play shows. So it's been a while. It's been maybe like five or six years or maybe more. Um, but yes, if I'm like, I want to go, you know, tour Europe next year, they'll start looking and seeing what venues and what, you know, fans want to see me. Uh, so yeah, maybe I should start you know, suggesting things more often. Like where you want to go on vacation. That's, exactly. That's where you tour. Are <laughs> yeah. people in Brazil, like you see these concert movies sometimes. Like yeah. I think bands will shoot their concert DVD in Brazil. They should. Because yeah. the fans are insane. They're the best. Is that true? Yeah. Why is that? How do they respond to your music though? Like, because I doubt they're like moshing. But Not they, moshing. They, they, they're so passionate. They yeah. love music. They're so kind and like loving and warm and supportive. Like even like on my social media, they're my most, they're the ones that are engaging the most and saying the sweetest things. So really? How do you know they're from Brazil? They say it. They say it. They, they do. say hello from Brazil. Obrigado. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're very, they're very wonderful. How many dates are you doing over there? Just three shows. Three shows. So who do you fly with? Like your band and your team? Band and crew. Yeah. And and that's it. My mom and my aunt are probably going to come out. They want to go to Brazil. So See, this is what I'm saying. This is just the <laughs> excuse. You just oh, want to yeah. go somewhere. So you tell the agent, yeah. let's go. Let's book no, the tour. No, my friends are always trying to like pop on. Like my, I have a show in Austin tomorrow and my friends are like, can we come? We can go to dinner somewhere. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then do you pay for them to come or they're on their own? Or do they just get on the bus and it's easy? They just uh, come We're down. flying. It depends. Like sometimes if I'm like, you guys should come, like I'll, I'll book and figure it out. If they're yeah, yeah. just like, we're, we're cruising along, like they'll figure it it's out. On, we'll... It's on you. Like you. You do it. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it just depends. It depends. Yeah. I was watching these clips last night. I, I was watching this great clip of you on The Ellen Show, mm, like so early ago. in your career, like yeah. right when Bubbly was, I guess, like popping off. Do you yeah. remember that? Was that crazy? I do remember To be on it. Ellen at the it time? It was. It was. And I loved her so much. I thought she was so hilarious. And I was so nervous. Like, I was Were brand you? new. I was brand new at everything. I, I had a lot of stage fright. I had a lot of just, like, social anxiety. And so... I wasn't really well prepared for it and I just got everything happened so fast in my career and I was on her show and I had to perform and I got to talk and I just know for me it was just like what am I doing here did they prep you did they do like interview prep <clears throat> and did they say to you like okay this is what you're gonna, Ellen's gonna talk to you about these are the questions she's gonna most, ask like do you remember is that how it went down most shows they usually say like th these are the few questions that you know whichever host is gonna be asking you but sometimes they ask the same ones. sometimes they totally like fly off and like, you're like oh yeah uh, yeah. Not like it's bad, but you're like, well, I was, I had a really good answer prepared. And so it just, you got to be on your toes. And did Ellen have some kind of effect that calmed you down when you were so nervous going in? Or like, even when you were talking with her, were you still just super nervous or did she calm your nerves? I was still moment? just nervous because it is live TV and they are like, it's a time crunch. And so I always get, if I know that they're wanting to rush, even though they're not trying to rush you, I feel like I just need to like wrap up my answers get quick. Get it up, get it up. But that's yeah, yeah. not what they want. They want you to like just express what you're saying, you know. Um, so that's something that I still feel like I'm learning. Like I have to remind myself, no, just just take your time, talk slowly, tell them about yourself it's okay yeah. yeah was it weird when you were on ellen and then did all your friends like <clears throat> go what's going on here like were they freaking out was it weird everything at that time was just weird i was on 
Jay Leno and all the all the you know late night shows and um, I was touring with the Goo Goo Dolls and I like yeah. everything incredible was happening at that time. So I think it was a whirlwind. Everyone, their all of our minds were kind of blown that it was happening. Do you feel lucky that you? used social media to break in the first form of MySpace. And if you if this was happening to you today, your whole life would have to be on social media. Back then, yeah. I imagine you didn't feel this need to document everything you were doing 24-7. And yeah. you were still having a song blow up on Myspace. Yeah. It Does, was do you feel lucky that you had that you sort of blew up in that version of social media? Extremely lucky, very grateful, especially because social media was new. I didn't even know what it was. One of my friends from high school put my song on MySpace, and because of that, everything started taking off. But um, I really loved it. You know, that was a new thing for all of us. We got to post pictures and create a wallpaper and and interact with people that are like apparently fans and like from all over the world. It was a really cool, unique place. Like I loved being on it. Uh, and yeah, if I didn't, if that didn't happen for me, I don't know if my career would have taken off because I. You know, just you never know how things happen. Yeah. Do people come to you, though, like young artists now? Like you put out a song with Ashley Cook, who's so talented. Her whole life is about posting her life on TikTok (laughs) and Instagram. And she's so good. She is. But does she like does she come to you and say, like, what am I doing? Or like, how would you manage this? at the time or like do you have that kind of relationship a little bit like when we see each other she'll ask some questions but she's doing such a great job with it she loves it she's great at it um she has the energy for it and um so i feel like she is really personable and interacts with her fans and loves performing she's an incredible performer writer everything um but yeah when we i saw her a a couple weeks ago and and she just like yeah she would ask stuff like that like how do you do it how do you keep you know the balance of everything and so I, I would give advice when I could yeah do you feel like you have advice having gone through absolutely what is the advice though because you've gone through like you because you broke off of MySpace. nobody was breaking on social media before MySpace, right yeah so no. you've kind of had to deal with every version every platform so you've seen yeah. it all yeah and you know what it's hard to grow with all these new platforms there's a lot of upkeep and everyone has their different Method, you know, they're, they're different ways and you have to learn it all. I have a team that's helping me with it because I think it's too much to just do on my own. But um, I think for giving advice to artists, since I was young when I started it, I think there was a lot of things I was learning, who I was. I was, you know, you have to say yes to mostly everything, but at a certain point you need to start saying no to stuff and you need to know what boundaries you have. And it's really hard to know what find that balance of like, you know what, I do need to grow here and be open minded. But also, no, this is not I don't want to do that. I don't want to associate with that or that is not who I am as an artist. And it can be challenging when you have a lot of people on your team that are encouraging you to be something different. And sometimes that's good. And sometimes it's it's wrong. So um, I think that and still hanging with your family and friends and having downtime, staying healthy, all of it. Who encouraged you to do something that wasn't right? Would it be like more tour dates than you want to do or like record a type of style that you weren't into? Like what would someone push you to do that you didn't feel comfortable about? For me, when I was so new, like I was from Southern California, I didn't really wear makeup. I didn't know anything about like fashion. Um, I wasn't known as sexy. And these were things that as a female at that time, it was it was really important to be molded that way. So I started getting you know, encouragement to lose weight, to have, you know, stylists and wear more high heels and wear sexier clothes and all these things that there's nothing wrong with those things, but they didn't feel right to me at that time. And so 
I think for me, I felt like I, I it made me even more insecure and even more, uh, you know, terrified to perform on TV or in front of an audience because I felt like I had people wanting me to be someone different. And the more I've actually learned with my career, the more open I am about who I am and uh, my insecurities. My fans love that, and I feel like if I had known to stick to my guns more earlier on, I would have I would have felt better in my career and engaged with my fans better. Yeah, how would you have known how to do that though? When everyone's coming to you <laughs> and you're like, you're so green in this, even though so you, you grew up in the industry basically, but still, it's but not different. Like that. It's different to be an artist who has you know yeah. one of the biggest songs in the world at the time. Yeah, I think that it's just something that, you know, some people are stronger at that early age and like they know themselves more. And I think that I was I probably also a people pleaser and and also just like maybe they are right. Maybe I do need to. And a lot of times they were right. I did need to grow in a lot of areas. <clears throat> Sorry, this um, the Nashville winter. winter I'm it, like, <laughs> it, yeah, it's getting to all of us. Um, but yeah, so that's what I mean, where you have to kind of sit with it for a minute and be like, yeah, you know what? I can grow there or nope, this is me and I'm yeah. sticking with it. But you've had the same manager for your entire career. I have. Basically. So yeah. what does he do right? Like, <coughs> like everyone's pushing you in a million directions at this point in your career. You're looking back and you're like, screw all these people. I should have done it my way. But your manager <laughs> did something right to hang with you this entire time. Yeah, you know, we we're like family, um, and I think, I think he's known that balance of um, of when to push me a little bit and and help encourage me to grow and expand and experience new things, um, and then also he'll be like, yeah, no, that's not you. You're right. Like you, you know, it's up to you. You can say yes or no, but like if you say no, I totally understand. So I feel like I've had that support from him, and I really can lean on his advice and trust that he knows. He knows what's best for me and my career. And you teamed up with him early, like yeah. My dad uh, introduced me to him. So he, my manager Chad and my dad's old business partner Leo, um, they worked together. And Leo recommended Chad to my dad, and so we met with him. He lived like close to my hometown, and so yeah, since I was twenty, I've known I've known him. And he's been managing the entire the, time. The yeah. entire time. Yeah, it's crazy. No, yeah. it never works out like that. I that's what I hear. I'm always so surprised yeah. everyone's had a million managers and I mean I've had I've you know my my team has changed out a ton but like I still He's have the been same the, the one consistent. manager, attorney, I'm still with a yeah. lot of the same, you know, um I'm sorry my throat oh is Oh my god, like, no you sound great. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. No, you sound great. Um <laughs> the uh, I see a manager is yeah. kind of like a therapist. Where you just need them to know your entire life story yeah, so that you can make quick decisions and they know where you're at, right? Mm -hmm. Like somebody could come in, but then they don't know what you did 10 years ago. They don't know, like they have to learn everything he about you. He remembers more than I do. Yeah. He's like, remember this show you did in this country with this? I'm like, I don't at all. I, I literally don't remember. I, there was like, it was a whirlwind yeah. back then. Yeah, yeah. I was watching this other clip <clears throat> of you in the studio recording Breathe with Taylor Swift. There's like a two-part yeah. miniseries about this. Yeah. I felt in this clip that she was idolizing you. She was looking up to you, maybe in like a big sister role. Yeah. In this, it, the fact that this clip exists is insane. Like it's almost unbelievable. <laughs> but did you feel that energy? Did you feel like she was really trying to impress you at that point, or it felt like she was so excited that you were in the studio with her? She was, and you know what? It was. It was a couple of things. She was so uh, sincere and, and complimentary and excited and all of that. Um, and then she was also this just brilliant, strong young woman that I was, I, ha I had like a taken back by, cause I was like, wow, this is 
really impressive to watch, to see this woman who knows who she is, knows what she wants to sound like, what she wants to say, and she has, she, she like, you know, she was the leader of her team. It was really impressive. She was saying in the song, <clears throat> I didn't realize this, but in the song she says to you when you're recording it, she says, okay, do this at the end. I just want you to riff on I'm sorry. She's like, just riff on that. <laughs> and I'm watching this video and I go, that's the dumbest idea ever. And then I and then <laughs> I go, and then I go, because it just sounds so silly. And then I go, is that on the song? I couldn't remember. So I listened back and it's on the song. And in the context of the song, oh my God, it's brilliant. Like it's it fits so what, well. I'm just like riffing like You're, vocally, just both like, of you hum. and her at the end are saying, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. It just seems like <clears throat> it seems like it wouldn't I like if in the video I go, that can't be a good idea. And I listen back, I go, <laughs> Oh my god, it's a great idea. It that's... fits perfectly in there. Like I guess you didn't think that at all. You thought, great, we'll do that at the end. I'll I'll sing that harmony, I'll just riff on it. Yeah, because that's what singing is. It's so fun to get to that once you get to the end of the song, you can just vamp out and do harmonies and do background vocals and and any kind of anything you want. So that's where you get to play play around with the songs and have some fun. Yeah. She was orchestrating everything though. Was she like telling mm -hmm. you every harmony to sing in that session or no? It was like No. It was, you just kind of went in and did it. Yeah, I mean, well, I love harmonies are like my favorite thing ever. But we, I'm, I'm pretty sure we, you know, in the room when we were writing, we knew what part I was going to sing, and, um, and also when you're in the studio, you can try different harmonies or and different different sections. But, um, you know, I don't remember entirely how everything went. Yeah. Yeah. When you went in to re-record <clears throat> the vocal for the for her album version. Yeah. What I understand about this process is, do you think? I mean, I've I've been listening to your your new record, and I think you kind of sounds you know maybe your voice hasn't changed that much, but I feel like over fifteen years, give or take, mm -hmm. has your voice changed? Do you think? Yeah. Or do you think it's similar? I think there's similarities, but I think my voice has gotten stronger as it would. I, you know, when I listen back, I'm like, oh my god, you sound like a baby. Like I was so young, and I didn't entirely know how well to use my voice at that time, and hit certain notes and and all the things like different inflections and now I feel like you know after years of touring and and knowing how to sing properly I, I feel like it's different and I think I can hear it in my music so when you went in to do that re-record were you thinking about doing an impression of the way you sounded when you first <laughs> recorded it or did you think about I'm just gonna sing it the I way just, I would sing it today I just and sang like that, it. that's it basically. I just sang it as I sang it so yeah yeah it I think I mean and that's you know what's cool about I mean, her music too is like it. You you sound similar, even though you can sound a little more matured, but it, it still sounds the same. It sounds the same, yeah. <clears throat> the new records out along the way, which is your first country record mm -hmm. right now. A lot of songs on this record with Liz Rose. Yes. Why is Liz Rose the best? Like, what are we like? <laughs> like when you meet Liz Rose, she might be the most unassuming rock star of all time. She's a total rock star. Why? What is Liz Rose doing in the room that is working? Like, why do we keep going back to Liz Rose? She is. Um, she's truly like a, a therapist, like a friend, like a family member, someone that you feel comfortable and safe around that you can she'll be like all right tell me what's going on like let's let's hear it and you feel like you can share everything with her and then she'll you know I would have an idea for a song and her and AJ were just so great they were the perfect team to write most of this album with and um she would always have these brilliant twists to the, whatever I wanted to say and then she'd have this really beautiful clever way of saying it this really amazing line um and so it's she really is smart and 
she's a wise woman. She gives so much great advice. And she really is just a beautiful, epic songwriter. So do you bring in this idea like worth it, for example? Like who comes up with the idea like, hey, let, let's just call a song worth it. Like <laughs> yeah. and and let's figure out a twist. With, and then does she come up with say, oh, like, oh, it could be like this. You know, it wasn't perfect, but it was worth it. Like, like, is that what Liz Rose is doing in the room? Every well, every song is different, and we all add different parts, different melodies, different lyrics. Um, so when I went in, that was the first song we all wrote together. It was and I worth was, it. Was worth it, and I was telling them what I was experiencing in my breakup and how it was really important for me to share how much I cherish and love this person and and all the beautiful things that we had and AJ had he was like you know that kind of reminds me of this idea that I just started and it was worth it and it was part of the chorus and I was like which part was the chorus the the uh, like which part did he have the uh well I'm I know it wasn't perfect but loving you was worth that it. was all he had he sings that or he says that I I don't know the extent of it but yes yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he definitely had a portion of the chorus and we were like oh my god are you kidding me that's beautiful and perfect no pun intended um and so then that I, we were off to the races it was just like I I knew they understood me I that was my first time working with AJ Liz had recommended he come in and, and write with us and so after that every time I had something I wanted to say uh and express I would call them and I'd be like all right guys I got more to say and we would turn it into a song and how quickly do you get in with them like you call them up you say I have an idea let's go <laughs> well at that what, time it was the... during the pandemic so and I, so everyone had free time basically. everyone had free time I still feel like like Liz and AJ like everyone's books up so far in advance in, in Nashville yeah. it's kind of wild but I still feel like we're in a place where if they have free time and I want to get on the books quick that we can that's what we'll make it happen when you're Colby Clay um, just people just it's not that it's, it's great when you have that bond with them yeah. and and you love writing together. I don't love writing with everyone and that's why I was very selective of who I wrote with for this record. Is it a vibe thing or is it yeah. just like the material you get? Both. Or, you know, yeah. a vibe and this was a very emotional record and I wanted to feel I didn't want to book a ton of writing sessions which I've done before which is really great and that's what I admire about people in Nashville like the writers in Nashville they write all the time and the quality is so good they're it's so impressive to me um, but this record I really didn't want to have a ton of options I really only wanted to write when I had something I wanted to say and we would execute it then because um, normally you write like 60 songs and then you narrow it down um, so yeah it's and it you know everyone's talented it's it's not even about that it's really that who would understand like the stories I wanted to say and um, be very therapeutic. I think that if I was a songwriter, I'm the kind of personality where if I had to wait for lightning to strike, I would <laughs> I would never write a song because I would never think that's lightning. Right? I wouldn't think that's a good idea. I, I'm telling you, if I was a songwriter, I would think I'd have to just write every day and hope I get lightning in a bottle. Well, and there's something about that, too. Just like, you know, um, when you're when you work at something like you, you're you're your craft is really polished and so uh i will say that like it took me a long time to make this album i really wrote uh i think i wrote the first in the first year i think i wrote like eight songs that's nothing people write the whole not for the album like total total yeah ever like and they were on the album but like uh, people write two songs a day in nashville for and five that, days a week <laughs> for you does that feel artistically satisfying like you're filling the bottle and you're like okay like i'm i'm checking that artistic box i need to check or are you stressing out like maybe i should be writing more songs or maybe i should be 
doing something else for this I record. Only Everyone's stressed counting. out because everyone else is like, when are you going to keep writing or why don't you write with this person? And I, and Who I says that? Like, does your manager my say manager that? My manager and my team. He needs the record to come out. Like, he's <laughs> he's counting on well, it. Well, and that's, you know, that's where I can be lazy at times where I'm just like, well, no, I don't feel like writing right now. I don't know what I want to say. And um, But that's also not how things work. Sometimes you have to force yourself to get out of your comfort zone. And I've done that and I've written so many amazing songs by doing so. So, um, and I will do that again. But for this record, I specifically refused to do that. I, I it was and it it was a time in the world where I could. I had time. People were you know taking their time and and breathing space, and it yeah. was it was really good. So basically, you're like you know you have a record on the horizon. You're kind of running around doing your thing. You're touring. You're living life. You're walking mm-hmm. your dogs. And then all of a sudden, you, like you have an idea for a song, and you go, "We gotta get in the room with Liz Rose." Like, is that what <laughs> how this kind of happens? Yeah. Is that the process? Yeah. So my song meant for me on the record. Yeah. It's one of my favorites, and I was dating this guy, and the relationship ended, and um, I was like, "Gosh, you know, I was so." Like he was meant for me, even though we're not together. Like I learned this from him. I had this great experience. Like I found all the great reasons of why he was meant to be in my life. And I was like, but I, but like he was not meant for me. So that's kind of a weird, weird thing. How do I say this? And so I told them I had this idea. And then Liz had the beautiful twist of meant for me to lose. And I was like, that's exactly what I wanted to say, and I didn't know how to say it. That's it. So how, there's so every song that's on this record, did any songs get cut, or every song you wrote, basically, you wrote for this record? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I wrote uh, uh, 16 songs for the record, and 13 made it. Um, and I, I thought about putting the other ones on there, but I felt like um, they were they just they were later on in the writing, and I just didn't feel like it was a part of, you know, this exact message I wanted to say for Some a long time. Some of these way. albums are too long these days. <laughs> Some of these you know, r- records that are being put out in country music, 40 songs. 40, that, that's that's too a much. lot. It is too much. But I will say Morgan Wallen's double albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and during the pandemic, when um, the first one came out, I was in love. And I still am. Like every single song I would listen to. We'd have to drive to Memphis uh, for a bunch of times. And I would just put the double album on repeat. So there's a time and a place for it. There's a time and a place for the double <laughs> album. But you felt like, I'm going to edit myself. 13 songs. These are the mm-hmm. best 13. Yeah. That that's all you need for a record. That's, yeah. a, that's a project. I'll that's... be releasing more music next year, but yeah, for no, this, this is what it do was. Do we feel like we have those songs for next year or we're, we're writing them right now? I have a lot of different projects for next year. Really? Like what? What's the, give me the exclusive. What's I don't the, know uh, if I'm even allowed to say who's, it. This no, is, I can't aren't say you it the yet. boss? Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? What, is there going to be another country record or we don't, we don't know? Probably. There's got to be. Yeah. I mean, honestly, this, this record I made mm. is my favorite. I've written and recorded, and I would like to keep making records that sound like it. Why is this is the sound, right? It's Th- just the quality. My producer, Jamie Kenny, he knows. Who is this guy? Because this guy is like, he, I, what, is he new on, he's not new on the scene. No, he's Who been around, he? he's been in Nashville for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when I was in my band Gone West, we wrote with him and he produced a couple songs on the record and I loved working with him. He's one of my like closest friends. So I was like, dude, I want to work with Jamie for this record. We're going to do the whole thing together. And um, he just knows the quality of music and got these incredible Nashville Nashville musicians and we were in a studio here for a couple weeks together and and then we took our time with it like for honestly like a year just adding things and doing my vocals in time and um he is so his ear is incredible and his uh 
his his style of music is so diverse in his production that um, he really got it. That's I think that's the thing I'm so grateful for. My team understood it, the writers, and then Jamie as the producer. When you get Cheryl Crow on one of these songs, is that like a big? Do you feel like that's a big get, or have you been in this business so long that you're like, of course Cheryl Crow's gonna no. be on my album? No, oh my god. So that's like I asked her a few years ago. Uh, actually, it was right before the pandemic, and I was yeah. like, I'm gonna do a record, and I would you would you please do a song with me? I would love it. And she said yes. <clears throat> and I was like, oh my god, Cheryl Crow said yes. Like we were friends, and I I went on tour with her years ago, but like you never know if it if she'll say yes or not. And then I took three years to make the record, and uh, so only a few months ago I reached out again and I asked her if she still was interested, and she said yes, uh, which I was really grateful for and honored. Um, and so we recorded it pretty quick, but she is someone I just love so much. Yeah, she's unbelievable, right? Yeah. How pro is she in the studio? She comes and she just bangs it out. She does, and she's like, there's no ego. She's yeah. straight up, just like, what? What would you like this to sound like? Are are you are you sure this is good enough? Like, she's just so sweet. There was, um, it was just sweet and calm, and um, yeah, she was. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I wasn't surprised because I had toured with her and I knew she was like that. But uh, working with her in the studio, you just never know how people can be. And she was just professional and sweet. Yeah, when you were in the studio in this <clears throat> clip that I was referencing earlier earlier with Taylor, at the end of the clip, she goes into the room and she goes, oh my God, she wasn't looking at the lyrics. And Taylor was like freaking out about this. <laughs> Do you feel like you have a good memory no, for song lyrics? No, not at all. No? Not at but all. In that, but that day, you just need, you knew the lyrics of that song? Yeah, or for that section, or yeah, who yeah, knows. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Some songs I remember really well, but others I'm like, for the life of me, I can't figure out. <laughs> Really, like, shouldn't be that hard. Even but, your own songs, like, do you forget the lyrics live? You know, yeah. And my song meant for me for some reason because of how the lyrics are. I mix up every line, and really? I'm like, I don't know how I can do this live. And I've done it a couple times live, and I think I only messed up one line. But every every line, I'm like, what is it? What is it? Okay, I got it. And are you it's, serious? I'm terrified. And I don't know why. Can you put a teleprompter on stage or something? Or that feels so corny. I could, but when I do, I end up looking. I look look down the whole time. So I try to just like practice it and it's like it's like the national anthem i've done it a thousand times i know the song by heart but the second you are live on tv i'm like oh my god how does the song go like your brain kind of goes blank for certain things yeah what do you do do you feel like you have a stock or maybe not stock but you have a standard arrangement that when you get called to do the national anthem you yeah. just go to the, like you've got your thing i do and and did you spend a lot of time working on it or how'd you come up with it um me and um justin young my fiance at the time um we you know he's from hawaii i'm from california i love that like beachy kind of reggae feel um and we never we didn't take it to that extreme but it is definitely like this um very relaxed acoustic guitar driven version of the national anthem so that's how i do it and um people seem to you know you never know if people are going to be upset at, it's not too different so you know you, you keep it yeah. pretty pretty close but it's a song that you know i enjoy singing it this way and how like if you were doing it tomorrow night or tonight would you then get out of here and go run it a hundred times yeah to do it yeah and i would still be like still be like oh yeah freaking out <laughs> yeah yeah yep have you ever screwed up or no you can't we know about it. if you did it'd be it'd be everywhere I have not, luckily, I have not messed up the lyrics. I think my voice has cracked a couple times that I was really not happy about. It wasn't crazy bad, but it, you know, you know, you practice and you do it so good when you're practicing and then the nerves kick in and yeah. Yeah. You've talked a lot about having stage fright yeah. early in your career. 
And you even, I've heard you say in interviews that you had, like, somebody brought a performance coach in to help yeah. you with it. Mm -hmm. Does the performance coach say anything that's actually helpful? Or is the only way to get over stage fright is just to perform a lot? Like, what does a performance coach say? Oh, well, she helped me a ton, first of all. Like, I, I would stand there. I wouldn't move on stage. I would sing with my eyes closed. I wouldn't talk to the audience. I yeah. knew nothing. So she really opened me up and had me move around and engage with the audience. And I'm not joking. I had her talking in my ears for the first maybe year. So she, she was she telling was on the road me. With you. Yeah, she was she toured the world with us. Like yeah. I I was so new and so like that's why I think people think I might just it was bad. The stage fright was really bad. So um she was helping me because I really just didn't know how to talk to the audience and I didn't know what to say. And then once I did, I started feeling comfortable and then uh one, honestly, once I wrote my song Try and I started just being vulnerable with the audience and like telling them my thoughts, telling them, oh, I messed up or, oh my gosh, you know what? I'm really like, I, I'm, I'm not really, uh, I have social anxiety and I'm an introvert. This doesn't feel like natural for me to be on stage. They would laugh and they would think it was great. And then my guard would come down and I would, I would talk, I would tell stories between every song. And so now that's what I've found. So the combination of me like learning myself and learning to share with the audience and then the stage coach, uh, Nancy for so many years just helping me get out of my shell that combination was essential yeah and then right before you go on stage <clears throat> like if I if I go on stage I'm usually meditating before like yeah? right before I go on stage like when I tour I'll usually be in the green room like yeah. meditating okay and everyone thinks I'm like taking a nap but <laughs> I find it just makes it like I well, just you're centering and I'm you're centering I think that's great but like do you do anything like that or no maybe I'm crazy I don't know oh yeah I, I don't meditate which I should be doing though I don't um, know maybe but... not no 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 I think that I mean I think that would be absolutely Whatever beneficial works. yeah yeah um but I I do like a uh, quiet before I go on stage like a lot of times you have people coming in and it can really make me a little anxious and I'm I want to I go over my set list and I go through my talking points so I just know what's coming next and how to share this naturally with the audience and you do your warm-ups and stretches and I, I really just like to sit there in quiet and yeah. um, so I have my own version of that and centering but not technically meditating will you sh will you actually stretch before you go on like will you do like a child know a child's pose or whatever maybe not yeah that, well but no do not, some like yeah I'll definitely I'll do all the stretches yeah, yeah, yeah. just to feel like you know again loose and just comfortable relaxed yeah yeah, yeah. I remember I'm like you're supposed to have fun this isn't a scary thing like this is your show you get to go sing and talk to people so I have to remind myself of that every time yeah do you feel like like I feel like you tour you you probably tour a pretty comfortable amount right or you don't I don't tour enough, enough. I might really <laughs> team would say yes I'm not a I don't love um I don't love all the travel and touring, but I do love the shows and I love seeing my fans and, and going to different cities, but I don't like long, long packed in tours. But you tour, right? You tour a lot. And also you play bass. Is that? I play a little bit of bass. You play a little bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I feel like every guitar player can kind of play a little bass, which okay, is so, so offensive, so offensive to bass players to think <laughs> that. I toured a lot last year. This year I'm touring less. Okay. Uh, I, I play a little bit. Yeah. And you love it? Yeah, I love to play. I yeah. love to be on stage, though. Okay. Like, I live for it. Okay. See, to, you know what? It's not guitar. fair. I, I don't I know, I wish though. I had that. But you know what it is? Like, I feel like the difference is, like, I feel like I'm so not emotionally tapped in to write a song. And maybe if I was, I would maybe feel different about being... Like, I feel like the emotional intelligence you might need hmm. to be able to write a great song that I don't really seem to have, <laughs> I guess... 
You don't write songs? No. I wrote 35 songs once for a college class. Once? Once. Okay. Yeah, the only requirement in this class was to write 35 songs, and if you did, you would get an A. And uh, Really? That was the class. That's a lot of songs. In what amount of time? 12 weeks. Okay. 12 weeks, 35 songs. And he broke it down Mm. on a syllabus. He said, if you want an A, write like 35 songs. If you want a B, write... Did it matter how long they were or no, how good No, this was this thing. He was like, I'm not even, he's like, I'm going to just listen to them for a second to make sure the audio is there. He's like, I'm not going to cr- critique them. Huh. I'm just going to, his whole thing was like that there's that idea that, you know, there's these two classes of people. This was like a real study mm-hmm. where they told one class to make like one pot and they were going to be judged on the quality of the pot. And then they told another mm-hmm. group to just make the endless pots and they were going to be judged on the amount of pots. Okay. And the group that made more pots each pot was on its own better than the one individual pot okay somewhere you can look this up i just butchered that explanation of what that was <laughs> okay. but that was his whole theory he was like just write songs were there any good ones in that batch of 30 no they were horrible anyway the point is i wrote the 35 songs i think they were like little riff things with like yeah. probably, they were probably all like 12 bar blueses or whatever like i wasn't <laughs> i was like trying to fake this wrote mm. those i wrote 35 songs for the class Never in a song since. That's the. <laughs> <laughs> that's the. You're like me, so, kinda. I haven't written honestly for like maybe a year. But do you get this urge to to write of at sometimes? Like I, that's yeah. never happened to me ever. I've never oh. had that urge. Okay. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I I occasionally do, but it's like I said, it's very rare. And if I if people ask me to write, I'm like I get anxiety because it's not that I don't want to write with them. It's like I don't feel like I have something to write about right now, and um, so. I yeah I definitely if I'm experiencing life and I'm feeling like I have a lot of inspiration and motivation then I'll be like or I'll be playing my guitar and something will come out or I'll play my piano in my living room and I'm like I get an idea and then I'm like oh it's back but it's not always there see to me that's so interesting would you ever do an outside cut I don't know I've I for some reason I well I mean I love connecting to the songs that I write because it's therapeutic for me as the writer. And then I love my favorite part about it is when my audience can say how much my song has been a part of their life in some way. So that's the hard part is there are so many great songs out there that could I, I could sing and use, but I don't feel that connection to it. But I'm not like it's not a hard no, but I've never done it yet. Yeah. Is it a blessing <clears throat> to have so many songs have had these songs early in your career that were such massive hits People are going to want to hear Bubbly and, you know, Lucky and like people are going to want to hear these songs forever. So it doesn't matter what you do. You're going to have a career touring and playing music for people and people are going to come out for you. Well, thanks for saying that. I mean, come on. It's it's totally true. Is is that is there almost like a reassurance to that or is it almost comfortable that like I'm going to put out a country record. and I really hope people love it. But they're still going to come out to hear Bubbly and Lucky and then maybe I could play these country songs like maybe that's reassuring. There's there is some reassurance for sure because you do I I forget that my songs are still playing on the radio and people are listening to them like that's what's cool about streaming is you get to know how many people how often they're streaming what song all of that like it's a really great reminder because when I'm just home in my own world I forget that people are listening to me yeah um, but at the same time you can't just get complacent and expect people are always gonna want to listen to you because there's always new artists and new songs and um, and so you do have to keep yourself out there and and kind of nurture that relationship with your fans and your artistry 
Yeah, I guess yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, but I think people these songs are so embedded in the culture, like these, like they're especially if you grew up with them. No one's forgetting these songs that you had, <laughs> right? Like, do you feel yeah. that, or do you still feel like I have to remind people how good these songs are and continue to be? No, well, yeah, like I think like you're saying, they kind of remind me. I'm like, you're still listening to that? That's so cool. Yeah. Like, and and like parents are playing it to their kids, and then these kids are being raised with my music. It's, I think that's very special. No, it makes sense. CMA Awards are next week. Yeah. Did you do the CMA Awards last year? I think you. I did not. No, you did. Is this your first year doing them with a country record? Uh, well, well, you did Gone West. I did with right? Gone yeah, West. Yeah, yeah. But this, yeah, solo, yes. Solo, yes. Yeah. Okay, so what's the. Do we have the outfit picked? We must have the outfit picked up. I pick, picked no, up. I no, I don't. I have How, a thousand dresses. How is this in dresses. like five days? We don't know what, what know. we're wearing. This to is the... typical of me for sure. But... You, you don't have a stylist who's <laughs> responsible for. Pulling... I don't have one right now, actually. Uh, but I, I have on. This weekend, I'm going to be trying on a bunch of dresses. This seems so irresponsible. If I was Colby Calais or anyone <laughs> who's going to be walking the red carpet Thank at the you CMA for calling Awards, me out. I know. why would you not have a stylist? Well, this seems so obvious. To be honest, I found out I was going to go like only a few days ago. Okay. So I just um, started figuring out what I'm wearing and planning all the stuff. So, yes. Do you feel like you have to wear something that you've never worn in public before? Yeah, for for, for this, this. Yes. I do rewear my clothes a lot though. But for yeah. for this, no, you can't you can't just wear you, same dress. But you think you have the dress? I don't know yet, and I will probably be freaking out on Sunday. So, what are you going to do if you don't have it? I I'll I think I'll be fine. <laughs> Cuz you'll someone will get it for you. you you'll find it. Um, that's the thing with stylists. You can't really bug them last minute They're Everyone in town is they're working on all the artists. So everyone's like frantically, but you know, I can online shop. I can go to stores. I can figure some, I have, I have nice dresses in my closet that I have not worn yet. Those are a last resort, but I, I am not worried now. Something. You know what? You're stressing me out and I don't appreciate it. If you're not worried, <laughs> I'm not worried. If you, okay. you're the pro, I've never been on a red carpet. I'll be on, I'll be interviewing on this red carpet. Maybe I'll see you there. Okay, but well, I'm curious what you'll think of what I end up choosing now. I'm like, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Don't be stressed. If you're not stressed, I'm not stressed. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm easy. I'm okay. easy. And then are you are you, going? Yeah, I'm going to go. Okay. I'm going to do the red carpet and then I'm going to be in the media center. I'll see you there then. I'll see you we'll there. We'll have a drink. It'll be great. Perfect. I don't drink, but but you, I'll we'll, we'll share a drink of we'll any We'll share a drink of anything. Care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be great. And yeah. then I'll be in the media center after. And then are you going to go out afterwards to like one of the after parties? Yeah. 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 Whose party, who's party do you feel like? WME? There's a, all of them. I just got told about all of them. So oh my I don't know. Okay. Well, I don't know the order, but we'll we'll figure it out. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be great. I love the CMA Awards. What are you wearing? I've got probably a suit for. Okay, so I just ordered a new suit okay. from this guy who's a Hong Kong tailor who lives in Hong Kong and he travels around the world, yeah, setting up these appointments to do bespoke suits. So I just got one Ooh. when I was in New York. And I've got I've, friends of mine have like recommended him are like all in on this guy. So I did this probably six months ago. Got the measurements taken. Planning for this? No, no just because okay, okay. I need a new suit. Okay, okay. But yeah. in the back of my head, I'm thinking, oh, this will be great for the CMA Awards. <laughs> I, I got a great suit, very sharp, kind of a <clears throat> cool pattern. Take the measurements, sends me the suit, and he goes, the first time it might not fit perfectly because we're trying to figure out the measurements. Like yeah. he's like, I don't know. So get the suit, doesn't fit. Comes back to New York three months later. I'm not in New York oh, no. to to meet him. Mm-hmm. So now I'm stuck with this suit that I can't do anything with. No. So now he's coming back to New York on Monday in three days. 
Are you going? Yes. <gasps> I'm flying to New York. To, to get it. This suit's not going to be ready for the CMAs. Oh. Let's be clear. It's There's no way. Because he then has to take it back to Hong Kong. What? To get it adjusted. He won't have someone else do that no, in New York? No, it's just him who flies solo. This doesn't this make any racket, sense. This is a racket. I this know. Sounds, this is ridiculous. Is this I expensive? I would No, that's the thing. Oh. It was very reasonable for a bespoke suit. But okay. I still relatively paid a lot of money. What where color is it? It's a great kind of blue, like checkered Ooh. pattern suit. Very sharp. And then I got this almost like um, salmon colored suit that Ooh. this guy talked me into. I think it's going to be great. Point is, none of this is going to be ready for the CMA great. Awards. Great. It's so what are you going to wear? So I've got another suit <laughs> that I'll be wearing. Have you worn it before? Yeah, I've worn it a couple <gasps> times. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just add just, something new to it to spruce what, it up a what bit. I might do, I was at St. Jude a couple weeks ago for their Country Carries Gala, and yeah. I wore the suit, but <clears> I wore like a black t-shirt underneath it. Yeah. And everyone was saying it was a great look, but I don't know if you can go black t-shirt to the CMAs. I feel like you have to go a little more formal. I do feel like you could. I mean, it is formal, but I feel like the CMAs is pretty... Country's casual. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like men wear, you know, jeans with button up. You know, yeah. and like nice boots. As long as you accessorize in the I, cool way. You're... I, I got to figure out. I don't know what I'm wearing either. <laughs> I got to call my stylist. My God, I can't believe it. If I had access to a stylist, I would have them on duty for every event. I sh- the, I, I honestly would have, but it I was too late when I figured out that I was going. And was, I didn't yeah. want to stress anyone out. So I would be stressing people out. I'd say, yeah. let's go. Let's, let's, let's rock. It's okay. I'll keep the stress to myself. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Here's the point. The point is the new record is out now along the way. Yeah. It's Colby's debut country album. And every song on this sounds fantastic. Thank you. It is such a country album. There's dobro all over it. There's yeah. acoustic guitars all over it. This is such a great <clears throat> record to really listen to. It feels like a fall record, too. Oh, yay. I think so, I feel so like it too. does, right? Yeah. Like, this is the season to be listening to this album. Don't Thank miss you. the window to do it. <laughs> and she's going to Brazil, and then next year, she'll be touring the States. Mm-hmm. Is that true? That's true. Yeah. The manager needs to... The manager has bills to pay, too. So <laughs> Colby's got to get on the road and, yes. t- and tour the country. I will. Where are you playing next year? Do we know? We don't know yet. We don't know. There's going to be some country festivals. Those are happening, but I all the other stuff they're working out right now. That's the best. When you do the country festivals yeah. and the stages are massive. Yeah. And then everyone's like there. All the fans are they're there. They're so fun. I love getting to tour with great artists. Like I love doing co-headline tours or opening for yeah. – like I got to open for Cheryl and John Mayer and like – to do stuff like that, you get to, it's just a really fun tour. Yeah. If you go open for John Mayer again, are you going to play this country record or do you think you pull from other songs in your catalog? Like, I mean, you play all the stuff. You, you play, play everything. Yeah. I play all the old stuff, all the songs people know, and then some new ones, some cool covers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I See, that's what's good about having a catalog, right? You can play yeah. anything. Yeah. You can go deep with it. True. When you, do you feel like I've got to ask you this while I still have you? You're everyone talks about this that your you know your dad was a legendary producer is a legendary producer Ken Clay. When you would listen to Rumors by Fleetwood Mac, yeah, and all your friends would probably be listening to Rumors too. Did you kind of feel like a boss having this like family <laughs> connection to that album? Like, does that album feel different to you than it does to me? Yes, it does because I you know I grew up with it and knowing it you know at the time too growing up. It, my dad did this in the 70s and you yeah, know so yeah, yeah. when i when i was old enough and my friends you know no one was like listening to it it wasn't like the current thing but it's still a classic that everyone always loves and so yeah the fact that that's what i was raised on and i have stories with 
with you know meeting them and knowing them at different times in my life and um and that it's still one of the best records of all time that people love and are influenced by like it's really special to know my dad was a part of that i feel like though when i went to summer camp the kids of the owners of the summer camp untouchable they were running (laughs) around all over the place they were on another planet spoiled brats that probably wasn't you but you don't feel like you have this like thing with that record or maybe all those albums that you're like i'm like a I'm like part of this family tree here. I don't know what I don't know what the connection is, but I would feel some crazy connection to that record. I do feel a connection and I feel like I'm so grateful that I was got to be close to it in some way because it really is uh, an incredible record and the that band and their vocals and and their their writing, like everything about them. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, yeah. the new record is out along the way. Loving you wasn't perfect, but it was worth it. Yeah. That's my favorite song on the record. You it did a great is. performance on Fox, by the way. Thank Fo- you. Fox and Friends, I think. I yeah. don't know, I don't know yeah, what it was. Right. I was watching it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bands rocking. I did a show with one of your guitar players. Oh, yeah? Too. Yeah, he was filling in for... Um, Jonathan? Jo- uh, or who, Tyler? Long hair. Who was the long hair? Jonathan. Jonathan. Yeah. Yeah, we did a show with him. I think he was filling in for um, Jesse James Decker, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Or someone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he... Yeah. Nice guy. He's great. He he lugged the whole amp out for me. Oh, he so he that's his thing. That's he, his thing. Yeah, so he's like wants he's like a part of the crew too, but like just because he wants to. So after every show, he helps the crew load out. And that's we're like the guy you need to be your guitar is, player. He is honestly a pure angel. He is like the most wonderful, and then just so talented. How do you at, find this guy? How do you find a guitar player? Uh, my drummer actually uh, knew him and recommended him. So. And I'm grateful because that's a really hard spot to fill in my band. I, acoustic guitar is so prominent and then like a very, very good voice for, for singing background vocals with me and, and also duets. So, I was thinking about this because he said to me, I was like, oh, like, what are you doing? He was like, oh, I play guitar for Colby Calais. And instantly my first thought was that's a hard gig yeah. to play those acoustic guitar parts. <clears throat> Which are so exposed. So exposed. And he he nails them every he night. Like he it, does it. And like there's high harmonies. Like I feel bad for the guys when they have to sing like so high, but he he nails it. And I I swear there's only like three people that can play that spot and it's it's really hard to, to find someone. So yeah, he's I'm, I'm I wouldn't very do it. Grateful. If he called me and he if he asked me a <laughs> sub for him, I would I wouldn't do it. I don't think I could do it. No. It's like the I own I just would be so scared to play those parts. Oh come on. They're so exposed. Like it's just that and everyone knows that song so they know the feeling captured. Yeah. Yeah, in well, that and recording. M- most of the time, I play shows like acoustic, so that it's mostly just me and him. Like we fly out tomorrow for an acoustic show, and it's me and, and him for it. an yeah. hour. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. What's the theme of this record? Because this is sort of like a breakup record, <clears throat> but there's some love songs on here too. This record's kind of capturing both ends. You know, it's a breakup album for sure, um, but uh, loving and appreciating the person and the times that you shared, um, being hopeful for what's to come and also a lot of the songs are just about me and like like learning who I am now at this age being single and um going through what I've experienced and you know there's there's there can be like angry mad breakup songs and uh this isn't that an album for that this is one where you know I've written songs like that for sure before but this is just one like where you can look back uh with appreciation and love and like be hopeful for the future what would it take for someone to to for you to go on a date with them would a friend have to set you up or could they come up to you and ask you 
could someone approach you cold and be really smooth <laughs> and go on a date with you? Or do you have to have someone set you up where they you have a mutual friend and someone knows them? I don't know. I'm not, I'm really not used to like dating and going out on dates. Um, I have been set up before by like mutual friends and I always feel more comfortable with that because then like they know them and it's not just like, I've, I've, I think I've gone on a couple dates with someone I didn't know and I, I don't know. I'm not, yeah. but not closing it off but yeah it doesn't feel that comfortable but it's new for me what so. doesn't feel that comfortable to go on out with a total stranger yeah or just in general yeah yeah total stranger because you never know so you i'd never, rather someone like crazy, someone right? that they've known forever and yeah. like you just know that like they know the good things about them they you know everything about them and do you feel like someone has to be kind of someone has to be a certain level of success for you to not feel like they're coming on to your success like they have to have their own level of success in their career yeah yeah in order to not feel like oh they're trying to like yeah you know attach to your thing right yeah you want a partnership and and it doesn't have to you know you're, you're never going to be entirely equal in in certain ways but as long as like you can be there for each other in the ways that you're both needing i don't know it's something i'm, I'm still figuring out but yeah yeah have you ever gone on a date with someone and somebody recognizes you on the date and comes up to you and like to ask for a photo or something because I think that would be the that would make me feel like such a boss. <laughs> a if people boss. came up to me, if I was on a date with someone yeah. and a fan came up to me, and I I, I, don't, I don't have any fans, but if somebody <laughs> did come up to me on a date and like recognized me, yeah, and asked for a photo, I think it'd be game over. Yeah. Oh, I, you just you'd be stoked on that. I'd I, be stoked see, on that. Maybe that wouldn't be a good look though. Maybe that'd be like annoying. I think it depends <laughs> who I was out on the date with, or like I feel like I would be embarrassed by it, or like yeah. it would take certain attention away from things. But I don't know. Depending if the person, that's a good thing. If the person could handle it, then I would. That would be a good test. That would be a test right so, there. Like in yeah. the, I'd have people running around on these dates, just coming up to you, <laughs> just setting yeah. it up. But people don't. Re you say I hear this all the time, which doesn't make any sense because I feel like you have such a great distinct look. But people come up to you and they say, they say to you, "Oh, yeah. you look just like Colby Clay." Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like you get that more I than do. people who come up to you and say, "I do," and I think it's so interesting because I don't know how to handle it i yeah. feel bad because sometimes i don't let them know i'm just like i just say thank you or i just i don't know but i'm not like oh but i am like i don't know i feel like it's weird to do even though i probably should um but also i'm not always rolling around town looking sharp you know <laughs> just really think, yeah no? oh yeah i still got that cali vibe where i'm just like by the way back no makeup i was once at um Maybe this was a year ago. I don't, I don't know when. You, you're not going to know know this, but uh -oh. uh, no, no, it's great. I was at um Never Never. Yeah, that's Jamie. Jamie owns that. My producer, Jamie. producer owns yeah. the bar. Mm -hmm. Anyway, you were there too. You probably <clears throat> hang. You're probably there all the time. I didn't know that, but you were in the bar. Everybody in the bar was going, "Oh my god, that's Colby." Oh god. really? Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. I think everyone knows what you look like. I okay. think there's just some people are coming up to you and saying, you know, saying, uh, you know. You look just like Colby Calais. But I'm telling you, this whole bar, like, I was going up to order a drink. Really? Some stranger was like, check it out. It's Colby Calais over there. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, it is. Cool. So, he should have said hi. <laughs> I didn't know you then. Yeah, what that's what true. would I have said? I don't say hi to people. Even if I do know them, I'm usually like, eh. You normally, like, yeah. I just don't want to bother people. Isn't that weird? Is it weird that these people, well, do people come up to you and they feel like they know you? Because yeah. they've been listening to your music and you're like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> but, like, they're, like, they think you're friends. Yeah. I can see that, though. I mean, like, I don't know. People, you don't want to disappoint people either. And it's hard because if you're having a bad day or you're rushing or something, like I know one time I, or a few times I've had to 
they've asked for a picture and I'll be like, I'm so sorry, I can't right now. I was rushing to something and they get pissed. And you're like, what? Now you're mad at me? Like, I wasn't rude to you. I just told you I can't right now. But like, thank you. Nice to meet you. And and some people get mad. Some people are very understanding. You just never know. You just never know. Yeah. God, it's tricky. Tricky business. Tricky. This is a tricky (laughs) game we're playing, Colby. Here's the point. Tune in to the CMAs Wednesday night to see what Colby decides to wear. Yeah. And it could be anything. It could be anything. It could be anything. Yeah. And the new record is out now. Along the way, you got us on this record. It's a country classic record. She's wearing a cowboy hat on the cover. She's a hat <laughs> act. She's become a hat act. And if you're in Brazil, she's coming to you. But she's going to be in the States next year touring. Because yes. the manager needs some some commission here. He needs to get things going. <laughs> he, he needs Colby on the road. But mostly because you just have to spread the music and spread the joy. Yeah. And thanks for coming on the show. What, what's been on set? We left anything out? No, I think you're great. Fun. I can't wait to see what you wear um, to the CMAs. I will see wait, you on the red carpet. Wait till you see. I'm debating if I'm going to do sneakers, like a white Ooh, common project. Sneakers? Damn it. Yeah. Well, I could, could Why you? Why can't girls wear sneakers? Is that not? I mean, maybe it's not really cool. I don't know if it's cool when guys do it. I think guys think it's cool. You know what cool. the thing is that the heels and you wear a dress and it kind of like gives you that like definition. That you're, thing. That yeah. You need, yeah. So. I might do like white common projects maybe. But what is I, that? Like common projects. It's like a type of shoe. Okay. That's like a white shoe. It's like a white suede Love sneaker. white shoes. It's basically a I sneaker. Love it. I'm a fan. Or I might <laughs> do more of like a boot kind of thing. What kind of boot? Maybe like a um, maybe a Chelsea boot or maybe like a... um. Like more of a dress shoe kind okay. of boot. Do you wear cowboy boots? No. No. I. You know what? I own two pairs of cowboy boots. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is overtime. We're done. But for yeah. the record, I wear two pairs of cowboy. I own two pairs of cowboy boots. First pair I bought, I said, I'm going to wear this all the time. Yeah. Never once. Second pair I bought, I said, well, I didn't wear that pair because that was a weird pair. This pair. <laughs> you have the excuse of This why. pair I'm going to wear all the time. Yeah. No, maybe once, maybe like twice. I've they just don't boots. go with your style. Also, you know, the other thing is I typically wear a slim jean. Yeah, that's and, you and can't. that's the, and that's the problem. You then need to own wider legs. W- wider you legs, do. which yeah. I think is ridiculous cuz then you end up looking like George Strait, <laughs> who's my hero. Like I love George Strait, but I don't want to look like him. Yeah. Like I want to look like me. Yeah. Like, you know, so it, the whole thing is a mess. If I could fit <laughs> the boots underneath just tuck them in. The, the, <laughs> tuck your jeans no, in. No, that's a horrible look too. Then you look like a tourist downtown. Like that's not a good yeah. look. Like, yeah. so you're screwed no matter what you do. Okay, well. That's my takeaway. So sneakers, I think. Sneakers. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that choice. Great. We'll see you there. <laughs> Colby Clay on the podcast. We did it. We, we wrapped. Thank you, Zach. We're done. We did it. That was fun. Uh, excellent. <laughs>